Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the Psalm, 96th Psalm. Listen for the word of God. Ascribe to God, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to God glory and strength. Ascribe to God the glory due God's name. Bring an offering and come into God's courts. Worship God in holy splendor. Tremble before God all the earth. Say among the nations, God is king. The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. God will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before God. For God is coming, the Lord is coming to judge the earth. God will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. The gospel reading this morning comes from the chapter of Luke, chapter 7, 1 to 4 and 22 to 31. After Jesus had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion there had a slave whom he valued highly, was ill and close to death. When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, asking him to come and heal his slave. When they came to Jesus, they appealed to him earnestly, saying, he is worthy of having you do this for him, for he loves our people, and it is he who built our synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them. But when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you. But only speak the word and let my servant be healed. For I also am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd that had followed him, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. May God bless our listening to his word. This is a remarkable story. The setup to this story, do you get the like, hmm, what's really going on here? Most of the Jewish elders are not real thrilled with what Jesus is doing. They're not happy with what he's teaching. They don't like who he hangs out with. Jesus hangs out with tax collectors and sinners. People that collaborate with the occupying forces of Rome. And with people who don't follow the Torah. And they are always coming to Jesus, and they're saying, Oh, Rabbi, good teacher, 
We know that you are wise in the ways of the Torah. Tell us. Is it right for, and you can see what's happening, they're setting him up. They're setting him up to take a fall. Is it rightful to give, to, to pay taxes to Caesar? If Jesus says yes, he loses all the followers that are against Rome. If he says no, he gets arrested. Who's faces on the coin Caesar's render under Caesar the things that are Caesar's render to God the things that are God they're always trying to trip Jesus up now oh Jesus there's this centurion he's a good guy go to his house and heal his slave he's worthy to be helped and once you do that all the people who are angry at Rome, are going to turn away from you. That's the backdrop of this story. Have you ever done something good for the right reason and have people who didn't like what you were doing suddenly just say, I'm done with you? Anybody ever have that happen? Yes. You know, it's amazing when you do the right thing and somebody doesn't like what you're doing, they just say, I'm out of here. And it happens all the time, and it catches us by surprise. And Jesus, in the story, doesn't even hesitate. He says, okay. And he goes along, and the, man, the centurion hasn't even come to Jesus. He hasn't even come to Jesus. It's just other people. And he gets close to the house, and friends of the centurion come out, and he says, you don't need to come into my house. I'm not worthy for you to come into my home. But I know who you are. You say the word and it'll be done. I am a man in the military. I say to one, go. And what's he do? He goes. I say to another, come. And what happens? He comes. You don't need to come into my house. But give the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus is there saying, wow. Not even in all of Israel have I found such faith. And the friends return, and the servant as well. How do you think the people that were with Jesus liked that story? Not even in all of Israel, all of you folks, have I found such faith. That makes you feel good, doesn't it? Think of the American Revolution where you got the Brits that are in your homes. And then suddenly, like, never in all of the American colonies have I found such faith. Excuse me? It's hard to try to get a parallel here. Jesus says things to us that sound good. But if you're trying to build a movement and you're trying to get followers, these are not the things you say. Even if they're true. He is lifting up a centurion 
who represents an occupying force. And he's lifting up his faith. This is an amazing, amazing story. I had a, the theology dean for the School of Theology at Boston University wrote a book called Soldier, Sage, and Saint. He actually wanted to call it Warrior, Sage, Saint, but when you are the author, you do not get to control the title of your book. That's left to your editor and to the publishers, and they thought Soldier, Sage, Saint went better than Warrior, Sage, Saint. And what, what Dean Neville said was that all three of these aspects of, of a soldier and a sage and a saint are part of a life of faith. What a soldier does is a soldier has pure will. A soldier says, what are my orders? And I follow those orders without question or else everything breaks down. How many of you have been in the military? How many of you knew what it was like just to follow an order, regardless of whether it made any sense to you at all? Okay? Without that, everything breaks down. People like me, wow, that's hard. I do not have a warrior's faith in that regard. It's like, what, what are you asking me to do? And why should I do this? And there is value in that questioning, unless you're in the military. And when your commander says, take the hill, if you don't take the hill, people die. The warrior's faith is to will one thing, to follow questions, excuse me, to follow orders, to give orders, and to will literally one thing. The sage knows what to do, the saint knows how to love. We need all three of those things. But today's story is about a warrior who has the simple faith to say, look, give the word. Give the word, and it's done. I don't need you to be in my home. I don't need to see you face to face. Give the word. And it'll be done. Do we have that kind of faith? Do we have faith of a warrior? Can we will one thing and walk without question? A lot of us can't. Does this make some of you uncomfortable? I hope so. I mean, this sermon is intended to make you uncomfortable. If you are not uncomfortable right now, you are not paying attention. I once gave a sermon, and the woman, I left, and she says, you know, Pastor, I don't think I like that sermon. I said, good. If you like the sermon, you were not paying attention. There are words that we receive from Scripture that are hard to hear because they hold a mirror up to ourselves, and we see where we fall short. I ask us to celebrate faith that is different from our own when it moves the gospel forward. I give thanks to people who know how to give and receive the will of God.
not give the will of God. God does that. But receive it and trust that God's leaders and God will do what God will do. Can we do that? Can we will one thing and be faithful? That's the challenge of today's text. Amen.